0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the New Testament reading of Hebrews, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, how many of you have anything that resembles something like this in your house? Anybody? A few of you, at least. All right angel figurines, angel statues, angels on the wall, angels on the table, angels on a shelf, angels on the ornaments that are on your Christmas tree, angel toppers on the top of that Christmas tree. Now, maybe your house isn't littered with angels. Maybe you have one. Maybe you have none. But I would venture to guess that most of you probably know someone or have known someone in your life that had some fascination with angels. Big or small, had some little display of angels. And it's okay to be fascinated with angels. We just don't want to become more fascinated with angels than we are fascinated with God. After all, the word angel means messenger, as angels are the messengers of God. They're sent by God to bring his word to people. We can easily think of a few of those stories in God's word about angels and why they have become so prominent, so important in our lives. You have the angel Gabriel, who was sent from God to visit a virgin named Mary and told that she will conceive and bear a son the Son of God, and he will be called Jesus. Later, an angel visits Joseph, who is not the father of this baby that is growing in Mary's womb and is told, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that child which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Once that child, the Son of God, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. An angel appears to the shepherds who are out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, to tell them of the good news of great joy that is for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And then a whole heavenly host of angels appears giving glory to God. Years later, After Jesus is baptized, he is tempted by the devil in the wilderness for 40 days. And at the end of that time, after the devil leaves Jesus, after he overcomes all those temptations, angels come and minister to him. Later, when Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, asking that the cup of God's wrath be removed from him, we see that an angel from heaven appeared to Jesus, strengthening him. Finally, you have the appearance of the angel to the women who visit the tomb on Easter morning, who say to the women, he is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where he lay. What all of this means is that angels have a pretty important role to play as God's messengers and ones who have brought strength, who have ministered, who have brought good news, and who have even come into the presence of God's people without them knowing it. And this brings us to the reading for Hebrews from today, which says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Now, we don't get much more from the author of Hebrews apart from this one sentence. So, we don't know exactly what they're referring to. The most likely possibility is that this is in reference to the time when Lot entertained two angels who came to Sodom before the city was destroyed. Lot was sitting at the gate of the city one evening when two angels came, and he invited them to stay at his house for the night. Now, these were actually the same angels who had just come from visiting Abraham with the Lord, had told Abraham that he and Sarah were finally going to have that promised child, Isaac. And then as the two angels make their way to Sodom, Abraham speaks to the Lord about sparing the city, asking God to save the city if ten righteous people are found there weren't. And when the angels get to the city and Lot receives them, it doesn't appear that he realized they were angels. But likely he learned that they were when they struck the townspeople who who were trying to do not nice things, struck them with blindness, and then he told Lot and his family that they were going to destroy the city and to get out. Lot showed hospitality to strangers, likely entertaining angels unaware. Now what about us? What do we do with something like this? Are we the lots of this world and invite strangers to spend the night at our house? Or are we the exact opposite? And if someone knocks at our door, rings the doorbell, and we're not expecting anyone, Do we pretend like we're not home? Or do we check the cameras we have set up and see who it is first before we answer it? And then once we know who it is, we'll answer it. Or maybe once we know who it is, we won't answer it. Now, I don't know how many of you have strangers knocking at your door on a regular basis, but I don't have that many that often. We probably run into strangers more often outside of our home throughout the, the rest of our daily lives. And the reality is, strangers could be anyone. It could be the car that stops alongside you as you walk down the sidewalk and somebody asks for directions because they're lost. It might be the person that you meet at a funeral who is consumed with grief and hopelessness and anger and trying to make sense of this world that we live in. It could be the person standing outside the door on the side of the road at a traffic light asking for change. The one who is dressed in rags, smells terrible, and maybe even scares you a little. It might also be that lost child who can't find their parents in the crowd and, and they just happen to walk up to you. It might be a mother that you're speaking with who had another miscarriage after trying to have a baby for years and years and now just doesn't know if she should keep trying. It could be the refugee that just made their way into Canada after waiting years and years to arrive here. It might be the person who doesn't go to church, doesn't go to church and wonders what the big deal is and why it's so important to you because They just don't see it. It could even be the visitor that enters into the church after the service begins and sits in the same pew as you in the back row because you're a good Lutheran. Now, what does all this mean? Why talk about the possibility of entertaining angels or strangers? When we go back to the reading of Hebrews, it ultimately comes back to love love for our brother love for our neighbor now if we use, if we use those examples the beggar the one who is lost the one who needs help the one who's struggling the one who is hopeless i see two things the first is We fail to love our neighbors as ourselves. How many times has someone needed help and you did not help them? How many times has someone reached out to you and you rejected them? How many times did you have no compassion on the person who was hurting? How many times did you look down on those who were less fortunate than you? How many times did you say to yourself, well, at least my life isn't as bad as that person? The truth is, none of us are perfect. We are selfish, sinful human beings who love ourselves more than we love anyone else. We don't help everyone who needs help. We are less willing to give to someone else, especially when it means giving up something that is ours, especially when it comes to our money and our time. But if we knew, if you knew, that all of these strangers were angels, would you help them? That's the trick of it, isn't it? Would you help an angel and not a human? Even if you couldn't tell the difference? I'm reminded of the words of Jesus describing the final judgment in the Gospel of Matthew. Those who fed the hungry, who gave a drink to the thirsty, who visited the sick and those in prison, who invited the stranger in. And then the king says to them, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. It's not about who we do it for, because we're called to treat everyone the same. We're called to love our neighbors as ourselves, and frankly, we don't. I don't. You don't. We're sinners, and we sin. And sometimes it's the sins that we do. You may sometimes hear that referred to as the sins of commission, because we actually commit them. And sometimes it's the sins that we don't do. And you hear them referred to as the sins of omission, because we omit them. It's our inactions that result in sin. The king sends to us, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And in, an, our sin, in our sin, we find ourselves on the other side of the judgment. We find ourselves going away to eternal punishment. This is at least what all of us deserve because of our sins. Eternal punishment, condemnation, hell being forever separated from God. The second thing that I see, these people that are described in these examples, the beggar, the one who's lost, the one who needs help, the one who's struggling, the one who's hopeless, I see that it also describes us. In our sin, we're lost, only deserving of death and hell. In our sin, we need help because we cannot rescue ourselves from our sinful condition. We cannot save ourselves from death. In our sin, we struggle. We struggle to do God's will. We struggle to keep his commands. We struggle to love our neighbors as ourselves. And in our sin, we're hopeless. But there is hope. It's just not found in us. And it's the angels who bring us that hope. It's the words of God that bring us hope. It's the good news of great joy about a Savior who comes for us. He is Christ the Lord. It's the message of a Savior who has come into this world because of our sin. Because we are only deserving of death and hell. It's the message of a God who is love. Becoming love incarnate. God becoming man. Taking on our flesh. Bearing our sin. Dying on the cross for us. For our sins. For all of our selfishness. For all the times that we sin with our actions. And for all the times that we sin with our inactions. It's about Jesus paying the price for us. Taking our place. Taking our punishment. Taking our death. Taking hell for us. And it's not just about Jesus dying. Because if Jesus died and stayed dead, we would still be without hope. Jesus rises from the dead, proving that he has defeated sin, death, and the devil once and for all, giving us the promise that whoever believes in him will not go on to eternal punishment. They will see themselves on the other side of judgment, and that is, they will go on to eternal life. Yes, we still sin. Yes, we still don't love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yes, we don't love our neighbors as ourselves. Jesus died for all of those sins. And he has given us his word, and he has given us his sacraments, So that as we continue in our sins, while we're on this earth, he leads us to repentance. He leads us to his forgiveness over and over and over again. So that we can receive from him the same forgiveness that he won on the cross for us. His love is never ending. His mercies are new every morning. He is faithful. He never leaves us or forsakes us, and he is helps to keep us faithful. That's why Jesus sent his Holy Spirit to be with us, to give us the gift of faith, to keep us in the faith, to strengthen us so that we can love God and that we can love our neighbors. Now, I don't know if God's ever sent an angel to minister to me, or he's ever sent an angel to strengthen me, or if I ever met an angel I didn't know wasn't an angel. But I do know that God has given us his word. He's given me his word. He has given me pastors who have preached his word and given his forgiveness to minister to me. I know that he has called me by name in baptism. And as I'm reminded of my baptism, the Holy Spirit is at work in me and my faith. And as I receive Christ's supper, his body and blood, I receive his forgiveness. My faith is strengthened. And it is he who helps me to live for him. There may be angels among us. God's messengers among us. Maybe. But certainly, God's message is among us because it is in his word. In his saving word and in his sacraments. These are the things that proclaim the good news of great joy of Jesus' death and resurrection that is for all people. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.